The Final Whistle with Austin O'Callaghan. This is the final whistle on Ocean FM. Tonight, two local football teams, one a year older and a year wiser as the new Women's League of Ireland season begins. We've all learnt a lot, of course, from last season as a squad and as individuals. Um, we've had young girls with us last season. They've got the first year under the belts um, with the league now, so we're, we're really optimistic going in. Um, you have to be positive, obviously, going into a season and you have to set goals um, that'll get you in a better position than you finished up in last year. We'll hear from the Sligo Rovers trio of Emma Hansbury, Emma Doherty and new signing Casey Howe ahead of their league opener against Shamrock Rovers. And in South Sligo, another starting eleven want to settle an old college score. After that loss and the devastation after it's made us this year want to just go out and win it more. The, the fight in us this year, it's going to be crazy. Like We just want to go out and beat them after how they made us feel last year. Pixie O'Hara and her St. Attractus teammates are aiming to make up for last year's semi-final heartbreak in this Monday's Schoolgirls FAI Senior A Cup Final against their Northwest rivals Skullwurra of Bunkrana. Welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan. We're on 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp and text. The email address sport at oceanfm.ie and you can find us on Twitter right now at oceanfmsport. Also coming up, former Irish Olympian Breach Conley on the opening day and start of the European Indoor Athletics Championships in Istanbul and disappointment today for Mark English of Donegal one of the main medal hopes for the Irish team in Istanbul this weekend he had to pull out before the start of the heats of the men's 800 metres because of illness so his championships over before they had begun well, the Women's SSE Airtricity League of Ireland Premier Division begins this weekend, Saturday evening. Sligo Rovers host Shamrock Rovers at the showgrounds at 5pm in their opening league game. Sligo Rovers finished third from bottom in their inaugural season in the League of Ireland, but they've learned a lot from that opening season. Coming up shortly, we'll hear from head coach Steve Feeney, but first three of the first team squad, and it's a much bigger squad this year, and the trio we're going to hear from Emma Doherty, new signing Casey Howe, and first, the team captain, Emma Hansbury. We've had a good uh, pre-season behind us this year. We probably had the guts of seven or eight weeks that we didn't have, obviously, going into last season. It ended up being a bit rushed in the end. So this year, we've had a good few weeks behind us as a group together, and we've had all our squad, really, since the start of pre-season this year, and obviously added a few in as well along the way. So um, we probably are far better prepared this season and a bit more confident going into Saturday than we would have been last year. I'm going to cut straight to the chase. I'm sure there's a few Sligo Rovers fans who are wishing if we had more minutes on the field of Emma, Emma Hansbury last season, we might have finished higher up the table. What sort of shape are you in this season? Um, at the moment, I'm injury-free anyway, so I'm just hoping uh, to take it week by week this year. And obviously, my main goal this season is to keep injury-free for as long as possible and get more minutes on the pitch this year. So, um I'm really trying to focus on that for myself this season. OK, so if we see a player walking around Sligo Town wrapped in cotton wool, we'll know who it is. <laughs> it won't be me. <laughs> it won't be me, but I'm just trying to do everything I can at the moment to stay on the pitch and play as many minutes as possible. 
What's your sense about the season ahead for Sligo Rovers? Are you optimistic, anxious? How would you describe your, your state? I'm very optimistic going into this season. Um, I'd say we've all learnt a lot, of course, from last season as a squad and as individuals. Um, we've had young girls with us last season. They've got the first year under the belts um, with the league now, so we're, we're really optimistic going in. Um, you have to be positive, obviously, going into a season. and You have to set goals um, that will get you in a better position than you finished up in last year. So, um, yeah, we're all really looking forward to the season ahead. Emma Doherty, uh, top scorer last season on the team of the year Republic of Ireland under 19 international uh, you're still what age 18? 18 now 19 in April okay so I mean you, you had quite a heady season last season that's going to be hard to top in some respects yeah no definitely is I wasn't expecting to have the season I had but all the girls around me really helped me and I think it was a great year for me but hopefully I can push on now next year yeah and do you think this is a better Sligar Rovers team this season? Uh, definitely, I think we're more organised and we're more prepared. As Emma said, we had a better pre-season under our belts and we had loads of players in from the start this time rather than adding halfway through the season and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. One obvious thing to suggest, looking from the outside, you guys seem to get on pretty well. I mean, I know teammates have to get on and there's different personalities, but generally speaking, you guys seem to get on collectively. Yeah, no, I think that's what's special with the group. Like, we gel really well together and... I think if you have that, you're going to play well together. If there's going to be pressure on you in terms of starting places up front, and I'm not suggesting there will be, might it come from the, the woman sitting beside you? Uh, Northern Ireland International, Casey Howe, although you, you play in slightly different positions, but Casey, welcome to Sligo Rovers. How are you looking forward to the season ahead? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm buzzing. Um, it's a bit of a different challenge from what I'm used to playing up in Northern mm. Ireland, so it's something kind of completely different and I'm, I'm really looking forward to get going and get stuck in the Shams on Saturday. Sure, yeah. I mean, you, you played with distinction with Glen Torn and with Linfield before that and you have Northern Ireland caps as well at all levels right up to senior, if I'm not mistaken. On the face of it, that looks pretty good. Why would you change that? You seem to be on upward curve. Is, is, is this quite a different change for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I was looking for something completely different. Um you know, and when Steve came asking would I come down and try it out, I was definitely up for giving it a go and I've loved every minute I've been here so far. So I'm hoping that we can push on now this season and really, really step it up. You're from Maguire's Bridge in County Fermanagh. So where did football begin for you growing up? Uh, it began playing with the boys down at Balna Mallard. Uh, I was the only girl and kind of just got stuck into them and grew and played there till I was about 15 and... Yeah. And then eventually you were running rings around them, no doubt. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you enjoyed, but it was a great way to learn the game and to develop the skills and facets of the game. Oh, hundred percent. You know, the boys tend to be that bit more physical and quicker and sharper, so it really helped my game to then make the move to women's football. So for Sligo Rovers players who haven't seen you play yet, how would you describe yourself as a player? Uh, I just like to get stuck in. I'm I'm quite creative. Like I like to you know find, like link off. Emma yeah. and um, get like one twos and find wee pockets of space so yeah. so might that be a partnership the Emma Doherty Casey Howe link up yeah definitely really looking forward to it this season yeah. and Emma Hansbury you know you're watching these younger generation of footballers come through you can lend your experience you, you, you know what, what you've learned in the game but it must be exciting to have these young players who bring different 
assets to Sligo Rovers coming into the squad? Yeah, everyone in our squad, I think, brings some, something different to the squad. Um, there's a lot of younger girls coming through, but as I said earlier on, like a lot of them have got a good taster for Women's National League from last season. And uh, I think these two, Casey and Emma Doherty, will be standout performers in the league this year, without doubt. And you're already referring to Saturday's opposition as Shams, Casey. So you're, <laughs> you're learning the local lingo already, which, which is encouraging to see. What do we think, guys? I mean, you know, Shamrock Rovers have spent heavily they're coming in with a, a, what looks like on, on paper a star-studded squad. Is that going to make things more competitive or is it widening a gap in some respects? What do you think, Emma? Um, I think, uh, look, the money they're spending is a great example of what every club maybe should get to in the league eventually. So um, you can look at it in a positive light in that sense. Obviously, they have a lot of um, top quality players in the league that they've signed this season, but... Um, Everyone knows, like, not always does that become a great gelling team. So um, we don't know the team as such as Shamrock Rovers, but we know a lot of the players individually for Saturday. So um, going into it, we'll, we'll be a little bit prepared in that sense. We, we know players who have played with previous teams in the league last year. We don't know them as a whole, as a group, as Shamrock Rovers, but all we can do is prepare for um, individual players on Saturday and who we know and see, see how we get on from there. And to finish, Emma, I might ask you about a certain school's cup final on Monday. Your old school, Skullwara Bunkrana, playing in the FAI Senior A Cup final against St. Attractors of Sligo. You played with distinction with Skullwara last year and some of these are, are, are good mates of yours. That's going to be quite the contest. Yeah, no, definitely is. And even for the likes in our squad, Pixie O'Hara and the two Lottery girls just joined as well. It's going to be... It's going to be really competitive, like, but hopefully Bunkrana comes out on top in the day. <laughs> yeah, so they could be hugging each other and high-fiving after Shamrock Rovers on Saturday night if they win, and then they've got to stop talking to each other on Monday. Yeah, exactly. Enemies on the pitch then. Steve Feeney, Sligo Rovers women's head coach. Here we are at the start of a new season. How different has this pre-season been compared to 12 months ago? Yeah, very different. Um, I suppose 12 months ago we were trying to get a group together um, and every pre-season game we were playing, nearly everyone was kind of more or less on trial. Uh, whereas this year we kind of had the majority of the squad kept and we had a few girls that we were trying to get on board um, that played in a couple of games um, and thankfully we did convince them to, to sign with us. Um, so it's been very different in terms of our preparation and what we've been able to do um, and we feel like we're in a a better place but we, we know we're going into a competitive league so we'll, we'll see how it fares out You have a squad of 29 first team players that sounds big on the face of it do you have the sort of group you were hoping you'd get? Yeah like we're delighted now with like all the girls what we'd be saying to them like you know they wouldn't be with us if we didn't think they were able to play at this level like you know so there's you know there's obviously girls that are experienced and have played in the league and then there's girls that are starting off um, that we want to see how to progress and how to develop um, and I suppose the 29 does sound big but we have a lot of girls that are playing college football and school football so um, you know you're you're kind of always uh, carrying a couple that are injured or a couple that can't make it with other commitments and that so um, it can very quickly drop from the 29 down to a so because you have a few players who are uh, successful with a couple of different teams, that you can that, that, that poses unwitting consequences for someone like yourself. Yeah, and I suppose like there's the, the fine balance of it's great that they're doing so well and obviously playing in competitive games and playing at high levels and that is, is only going to benefit us in the long run. But uh, we just have to manage the lows and make sure we're not exerting too much on the girls that you know, they're picking up injuries needlessly and that. So uh, we have a performance team like strength and conditioning coaches and physios and all who kind of monitor that and make sure the girls aren't kind of overdoing it. 
What were the priorities for you during the pre-season in terms of um, strengthening the squad? Were there particular facets you were after? Was it experience, youth or a mixture of the two? Um, I suppose, yeah, a mixture of the two really. I wanted kind of girls that were kind of hungry and wanted to play in the league and wanted to push themselves at this level um, but may have experience you know from a different league or from international level that could add to what we have already and I suppose just make us a team that want to push on and compete and uh, want to push our standards forward and higher And what a start Saturday at home to Shamrock Rovers who seem to have thrown the kitchen sink at their senior women's squad on their return to, to the League of Ireland Would you have liked this game to have come a bit later rather than first matchup? No, uh, bring bring Shams on. Um, I, I think it's brilliant. Like you know, no more than the men uh, a couple of weeks ago starting the season against Shams in the showgrounds. Like um, I think anyone that's ever been involved with Sligo Rovers fan, player, coach uh, loves when we're playing Shams and at home in the showgrounds. We're we're very much looking forward to it, and we know they've you know they've a very good side and they've assembled it very quickly and brought in some really good players. But um, a lot of them are girls that our girls would have played against last year, so. We're very much looking forward to the challenge of Shams and what comes after that. Do you see this League of Ireland as an open one? Yeah, I, I, I think there'll be, I definitely can see four or five and possibly a sixth team, you know, that can really push each other for the for the league. And then I'm sure there's a few teams, uh, including ourselves, who are, are really hoping to get off to a good start and, and see where it takes us. Like, you know, so I wouldn't think there's anyone going into the league thinking that they're guaranteed to be bottom or bottom two. Everyone's kind of looking up and wanting to progress and push on. So it's, it's going to be a very competitive league. What's a realistic ambition for Sligo Rovers this season? Um, I suppose what we're aiming for is to improve on last year, you know, um, whether that's scoring more goals and conceding less and get more points, um, as simple as that sounds, breaking it down that way, but um, that that's our realistic goal. Um, I suppose the big thing for us is we want to get off to a good start, like so we've, we've four games in March, um, so we'll, we'll get them out of the way and see where we are and then we can probably start setting goals for longer term. And a word on attracting home support to the women's games at the showgrounds this season. The home kickoff time moved to 5pm, which might give that more of a Saturday evening feel that we're used to with the men's team. Can, do you see that as a benefit? Yeah, well, uh, I think myself and everyone involved with the club and team were hoping that. Um, you know, we actually had a team bonding day a couple of weeks ago where it ended that we went to the men's game in the showgrounds just to kind of see the atmosphere and that. And, you know, we, I was saying it to a couple of the coaches that night that if, if we could even get quarter the crowd back, you know, you'd have up on a thousand. And uh, you've seen a couple of games where we got good crowds last year, Shells, and I think it was DLR Waves, the, the difference it made just in terms of the girls getting energy off it and that. So if anyone's able to get out this Saturday, you know, it'd be brilliant to get a good crowd behind the girls. Because it does make a difference players will respond to the atmosphere that's generated on the touchline yeah 100% like you know you've seen it for us I suppose in the game against Shelburne um, when we got the, the goal back after going two down the noise the crowd were making like and even in the second half when we kind of got on the front foot and then obviously as we got to the last few minutes when we were seeing out the game like it, it definitely stood to the girls and uh, like any of the, anyone that's been at the men's games the European games or even the first league game against Shams you can see the difference it makes when there's noise in the ground so um, if anyone's able to get out on Saturday and make noise it'll be, it'll be brilliant and the girls will definitely respond to it Steve Feeney good luck on Saturday Thank you, Alison. That's the head coach of Sligo Rovers Women and the new season begins for them this Saturday at home to Shamrock Rovers at the showgrounds. Kick-off 5pm and that's going to be the kick-off time for all of Sligo Rovers home games in the Women's League of Ireland. An admission for adults on Saturday as it will be throughout the season 
is just a fiver. If you can't get to the game, it's going to be live in full here on Ocean FM Sport on an extended Saturday Sports Beat uh, kickoff from 5 pm with Donald Ryan on commentary. There are 11 teams in the Women's SSE Electricity League Premier Division this season. They are Athlone Town, Bohemians, Cork City, DLR Waves, Galway United, Piemont United, Shelburne, the Holders, Sligo Rovers, Shamrock Rovers, Treaty United and Wexford Utes. The Final Whistle with Austin O'Callaghan. Well, St. Attractors Community School in Tupacurry are having quite the year in sport. Their men's Gaelic footballers won a Connacht title this year and agonisingly lost their All-Ireland Colleges semi-final to Abbey CBS of Tipperary last Saturday on penalty kicks. The school's junior girls Gaelic footballers won a Connacht title this year. They're into the All-Ireland series later this month. And on Monday next, in Gortha Keegan in Monaghan, Attractors girls soccer team take the field against Skullwira of Bunkrana in Donegal in the Schoolgirls FAI National Senior A Cup Final. This is the premier cup final in post-primary soccer nationally for large schools and attractors are in it. We're going to hear from four of their players, Cara King, Leo Walsh, Kira Walsh and first Pixie O'Hara who's one of two attractive players on the current Sligo Rovers senior squad Jess Casey is the other and for the captain Pixie is this the biggest game of her young career? Oh definitely like with the level we're playing at now in the A like it's definitely going to be one of the biggest games like all Ireland finals kind of the highest you can get in Ireland so definitely going to be one of the biggest games I've played Yeah I'm very interested in how this team started out because I gather you guys got together in first year in freshers in indoor futsal tournaments and it kind of started from there? Yeah, in first year, uh, a couple of us now who are in Leaving Cert, we started off uh, with the indoor futsal and we were close but we we, uh, lost on on penalties in the final. So it started from there really and every year we've kind of kept doing it and just progress as the year goes on and then we got the fifth years in as well so we just kept getting stronger Okay so of the four of you who's leaving cert here? You're leaving yeah, cert Yeah leaving cert uh, Fifth year Fifth year is fixed here You're leaving, leaving cert I'm fifth year Fifth year Okay so two fifth years two leaving certs So in terms of where your soccer journey started Cara I'm guessing was in the back garden of your home on the Ballymutt Road yeah. Would it have been? <laughs> yeah it would have been I've been doing soccer for most of my life and I love it So Remind us who your neighbours are Oh, um, like Liam and Sean Kerrigan. Um, so your back garden kind of backs onto their back garden, kind yeah, of? Yeah, we live right beside each other, like it's just across the grass, so we okay. do be training out in the grass together, so. Okay, so if there was a birthday in the Kerrigan household, you'd have had Sean Kerrigan and Liam Kerrigan playing in the back garden. You might have had Johnny Kenny Jr., because they're cousins of the Kerrigans playing, and then Cara King would be leaning over the fence looking at this <laughs> and wanted to play. Yeah, I know when it's one of our birthdays, everyone comes down and then we just, like, do soccer and play around. Right. So you would have been playing against the guys from a very young age, would you? Yeah, even at, like, communions and confirmations, we do have a game. And how competitive do those back garden games get? Uh, They don't get too competitive, but then again, one person wants to win, so it gets a bit of fun and... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you grew up this 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 is your game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean I know you're a good Gaelic footballer as well, but or, or do you have a preference or maybe 
Can you pick one over the other? I would pick soccer over Gaelic. I just prefer it more and I've been doing it longer. So. Okay, right, okay. Kira, what about you playing in an All-Ireland final? It's an exciting week. Is there much schoolwork <coughs> being done in St. Attractors? Uh, not a bit now, no. <laughs> I, I've not really been in lately, but sure. Be grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you seem to have a very kind of calm attitude to this. You know, I, I'm sure there's excitement and nerves. That's completely uh, normal. But I suppose, Pixie, you and your teammates are used to playing in big matches that matter. Oh, definitely, yeah. Especially, like, the buzz around the school. I suppose the past few weeks since we got the date, it's just been amazing. We've all been kind of used, even growing up playing in Real Tubber, we're used to playing in big games like this, finals and stuff. So, you know, we can handle the pressure. We just suppose you have to stay calm and you don't want to be overthinking it or nothing. So you, we just have to get out there and see what we can do and hope, hope for the best, I suppose. How would you describe the rivalry between Saints Attractors and Skullawura Bunkrana at the moment? And four smiles quickly <laughs> break out in the faces. Oh, look, like, everyone, like, we know the result last year. It's after losing. So, so to remind people who don't know, Skullawura beat you in the All-Ireland semi-final 12 months ago. Yeah, last year it's 2-1. Um, I suppose after that loss and the devastation after it's made us this year want to just go out and win it more the the fight in us this year it's going to be crazy like we just want to go out and beat them after how they made us feel last year mm. so okay so you're carrying that hurt are you from 12 months ago definitely like just thinking about it makes you makes you want to just go out on Monday and absolutely hammer them like you know it's it's sickening to think about last year especially because it was literally the last second on a corner and we just switched off and like we know for Monday now we just can't switch off at all and we're just gonna go out there and dogfight and Pixie I'm just thinking I mean some of these Skullwara players are your teammates at the showgrounds do you have to put friendships to one side for 90 minutes oh well like I think we we know ourselves like when it comes to Rovers like we haven't spoke about it yet at training or nothing but like we know ourselves we're not we're fighting for our school really on Monday so I don't know after it I suppose when we go back into Rovers training it will be forgotten about whatever way it goes so think that's really it like we know ourselves yeah. but I'll, I'll be I'll be free attractive on Monday anyway I won't be thinking about anything else sure. <laughs> and to the two fifth years Cara and Kira, what would it mean if you were to win on Monday guys I mean I'm just thinking the school is having a pretty special year sporting wise on a number of fronts your junior Gaelic footballers have an All-Ireland semi-final the men you know came very close to reaching an All-Ireland final last Saturday. What's the buzz like around the school? Everyone just wants to like win because unfortunately we lost last year and we just want to get another crack at them and yeah, win. And Kira, I mean, the school seems to be completely behind you too. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like to be fair, they're putting in a lot of effort into us and like backing us. So hopefully we'll bring it home for them. Okay. So you're quietly confident, Leah Walsh. Finally. Yeah, um, feeling confident now and we just know what we have to do and we just know what it takes to win, to not switch off and that. And having Miss Brady and all the school behind us, like seeing seeing the buzz around the school, it's great because it just makes you, makes you so excited for it and ready for it and we just can't wait for Monday now. And Pixie, you're captain on Monday? Yeah, captain. Do you give a team talk? Ah, like I, I'd say a few words but you don't really have to say much with the girls we have we all know ourselves after how far we came last year we know ourselves so I don't really have to say much I suppose just the basics go out and do what we do and see how it goes I suppose 
The voices of the Saint Attractors Quartet, Pixie O'Hara, Leah Walsh, Kira Walsh and Cara King. They're part of the Ascent Attractors Senior Girls Soccer Team. The side is co-managed by Andrew Flynn, who's the music teacher, and Huey Harvey, who teaches business. Here's their thoughts on the build-up to Monday's final. The buzz around the school the last week has, the last couple of weeks has been brilliant, so... Um, the girls, they're just really looking forward to it and I think, the, the, as I said, the buzz around the place they're, it's starting to really sink in of um, how special it could be on Monday if they, if they can get the job done yeah. And this is the Senior A Large Schools Final, I mean nationally this is as big as it gets in post-primary soccer Absolutely, it just, it's, this is it like. this is the pinnacle of it, they've, they've won everything coming up along under 15s First year full futsal All Ireland champions under 15s, Connacht champions under 17s, Connacht champions B and A. This is it, you know. For some of them, then half of this team they're in leaving search. They'll be gone next year. This is this will be the last game that they'll play as a as a group together. So hopefully they can just see it out on Monday. And because of their success, a lot of these players are pulled in various different sporting directions. I imagine it's challenging training wise coaching plan wise to get these girls together from time to time like from myself and Huey's point of view the biggest thing is we're like we're trying to get them to run things themselves and call it themselves they're they're being pulled left right and centre with different sports which is brilliant at that age and like you want young girls in particular maybe I know it will be highlighted in the media through different things that they get to a certain age and maybe drop off with participation in sport so the fact that they're involved in GA involved in soccer involved in different things is, is only can only be a good thing so from our perspective whatever way we can meet them or whatever we meet them is only a good thing Yeah Huey there doesn't seem to be much drop off with this current group of players that you've assembled Yeah absolutely um, it's it's really the same group and they've all come through uh, or the majority of them have come through Real Tubber um, so huge credit to underage coaches there um, just did a brilliant job and I suppose they've been so successful it's maybe been easier for them to, to stick with it but you know, it's great having that core group of players the whole way through and um, hopefully again they can top it off and uh, top it off on Monday What has this group of players got? What's their best trait would you say? Um, I think just huge togetherness in the group is, uh, is one of the big things you know they're, um, they're, uh, as they've played together since, since the underage at Real Tober they're, they're used to playing with each other um, and just a yeah, real togetherness in the group I think is what sets them apart along with Obviously, a huge, uh, huge amount of talent in the group as well. Andrew, was it written in the stars that it might be a Northwest All Ireland final? Yourselves against Scullaworth of Bunkrana, a team you know pretty well. Yeah, we were we were sick after the semi final. <laughs> absolutely sick after that semi final last year. Not no point saying otherwise. And like we know, oh, you're, you get to an All Ireland semi final, you get to an All Ireland final. It's all if you don't do it, pat on the back. Well, don't you do great? But like, we, you're there. We want to win it. We're hungry to win it. And even more so after last year they've been there they've done it they know what it takes um, we were like personally we were hoping that it would be one crana. Um just not 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 a, not have to get another crack at it but just so you know what you're walking into you know no, no um, and the same from them they know what's coming from us so we know what's going to come on Monday and we just can't wait can't wait for it and the two sets of players Huey know each other pretty well some of them play together with Slugger Rovers Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The the a lot of the the two girls, Curry and Jodie, are down with Sligo Rovers, and obviously Pixie and Jessica, Cara, Becky. A lot of our girls are down there as well. So they've come across each other a lot, um, you know. And uh, yeah, um, I suppose it's uh, two very very talented groups going head to head, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What's it going to take to win this final, Andrew? 
like, like, all the cliches are running through my head but I think if whatever team turns up and plays the way they can play like from our, from our perspective I don't know about Bunkrana from our perspective I don't see a team out there that's going to beat us playing football if we turn up on the day but like finals are finals and you just don't know what way it's going to go mentality attitude is is huge Do you know talent can maybe sometimes be secondary on a day of such an occasion when there's maybe a couple of hundred people um, watching you cheering you on so you just want to get in there do your job do your job right that you've been doing the whole way that has got you to a final turn up mentally psychologically and just do your job and I, I feel if we do that just go in and do the small things right I feel we'll come out the right side but Ocean FM The Schoolgirls FAI Senior Cup Final St. Attractors of Tubbacurry against Skullwurra Bunkrana Live coverage this Monday online from 1 o'clock with Ocean FM Sport and JBG Security Systems protecting your home and your business This is the Premier National Final in Schoolgirls Soccer Attractors against Skullwurra Sligo against Donegal Live online commentary this Monday on OceanFM.ie with JBG Security Systems Kick off is at one. You'll find that online this Monday across the Ocean FM platforms. Uh, kick off one o'clock in Gortha Keegan in Monaghan. Uh, Katie Walsh will be a part of our commentary team for that All Ireland Schoolgirls final on Monday lunchtime. Well, next to the opening day of the European Indoor Athletics Championships in Istanbul, there were high hopes that Donegal's Mark English would be a medal contender, but he didn't even get to the start line in the heats of the men's 800 metres today. Illness forcing him to pull out of the event at the last minute. Ireland were sending a 15-strong squad to Turkey for the championships this weekend. Former Irish Olympian Breach Conley has been casting her eye over those who are competing this weekend and those who aren't. I suppose the, the girl at the moment who everybody is dying to see race for Ireland, Rashida. Rashida would have NCAA commitments, so she won't be racing this weekend. And then Kira McGeehan pulled out a couple of weeks back. She's going to focus on the outdoor season. I think she might have had some injury after Christmas, so uh, herself and her coach made that decision. Um, Brian Fay, another NCAA um, committed athlete, he won't be representing either, so... Um, those would probably be the bigger of the names, I suppose. Who else should we look out for this weekend from an Irish perspective? What will you be watching with interest? Well, I'll be watching the whole thing with interest, actually. Sarah Lavin, so Sarah set a PB. Again, you know, she's tuned herself perfectly, I think, for the championship. She set a PB last week in Madrid, too. Um, now, her, her event, you know, it's going to be super quick, so she'll need, I would say, another PB to get um, anywhere near the final. Um, in the 3K we have Dara McElhenney so Dara is getting very used to championship racing um, again it'll be like I think for Dara it's building experience because obviously in that event you've got the one and only Jakob Ingebrigtsen um, I'm looking forward very much to the 1500 um, metres I always have great time for Andrew Cochran so he set an Irish record last weekend over in Birmingham um, I would think, well, definitely one of the most prestigious Irish records. You know, it's lasted for 40, maybe 41 years. Um, and the men, you know, the times that he beat were belonging to Marcus O'Sullivan and Ray Flynn. So that's a nice, now, in saying that, 
Andrew is in like one of the hottest events. You know, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is there. The two guys ahead of him last weekend, Neil Burley from the UK and Marcel, they're also in the race. But I think from last weekend, Andrew, you know, he might have renewed confidence in himself. Like he raced brilliantly if anybody saw it. So, um, yeah, hopefully anything can happen. Um, as well as that, you've also got Luke McCann. So had Mark not been in that race, Luke McCann would have taken the record. So another great performance there. Uh, John Fitzsimons as well be, will be running. And he's in the eighth. Um, and then on the female front, we also have the ladies four by four. So they go straight into the final on Sunday. Um, now, they will be missing Rashida. But... I guess we also need to get ready or get used to racing maybe without Rashida. So, um, yeah, anything can happen. Four by fours are very messy. We saw, like, I know I wrote off the mix four by four two years ago and they got straight into the final. So, um, hopefully things might go in their favour. But it's a young team and it's definitely going to help. If, you know, this championship will build towards the world this summer and also towards Paris next year so it's all about gaining that kind of championship experience for them too And Charlie Maudsley competes as well Breach, who uh, pipped uh, Sligo's Lauren Cadden to the indoor 200 metres title a couple of weeks ago Yeah Charlene again going in in great form so she had a PB in indoor 400 PB um, only a couple of weeks ago so Charlene will be now, in her event, you've got Fenska Bowles, so I don't think anybody will be next or near Fenska, but um, Charlene, going in with the PB into a championship um, is really where you want to be. Breach Connolly, former Irish Olympian on this weekend's European Indoor Athletics Championships and since that interview was recorded a little earlier, the heats of the men's 1500 metres have taken place Andrew Coscarin got boxed in on his final lap and his time not quite quick enough to make tomorrow's final but Luke McCann has qualified as one of the three best qualifiers, the fastest losers and he is in Friday's 1500 metres final which is quite an achievement for the UCD athlete. Live coverage continues of the athletics across RTE over the coming days. Well, the latest edition of the Donegal GAA podcast will be online later on tonight. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, simply search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it. Connor Breslin is the host this week and his guests are Donegal Democrat journalist Peter Campbell and Gary McDade, former Donegal under-21 manager as they look ahead to Donegal's trip to Armagh this Saturday in Division 1 of the Allianz Football League and they've been chatting today about the tactics employed by both Paddy Carside and Kira McGinney's team in terms of how they've lined out during the league so far. The final whistle with Aust- they went so blank in defence probably last weekend like they were there's no doubt about it Connor, they hardly pressed a kick out the whole game yeah. they conceded it practically um, they just ran back and defended in their own half, like you have, you have to re- rewind to the week before or the the previous league game against Ross Common. They lost that again. Probably they weren't expecting to lose. They were going to carry both Cliffords back with Sean O'Shea back. They were probably fearful, you know, if these boys click, you know, we could suffer a a wild hammering here. And and it wouldn't been good for confidence after losing to Ross Common the week before. So they probably thought we need to be competitive with Kerry, and that was the way they thought that they could be competitive with Kerry was by being 
basically basically playing that blanket defence type game, which we haven't really seen them do under Keir McGinney. And listen, you you got to cut your cloth, Conor, on week to suit the opposition. And away from home, I think there's 16 games. Um, I was reading during the week, 16 games played so far, and only two two ones on the road. So you, wow. it's justifiable what they did last last weekend, you know. And I I have no qualms with, with, with what they did, you know. What way it set up? Peter's point about Stephen, uh, uh, what do you call him from McMahon, yeah. from, from Red Hughes is just uh, is very justified. You know, if you think of the team that Aidan O'Rourke played in Armagh, it would probably it did what Peter's on about there. They used to get the corner forward out. Kieran McGinnis is the centre back, and and he sat as the extra centre back slash sweeper in that area. They were probably the first team ever to come up with the idea of an extra defender slash sweeper back there. And Kieran McGinney was the man who started sex, but then became the extra man, one of the corner forwards come out Mark. You know, I think that's a Vader work goes back to what they used to do when he was playing. I don't I think that would actually suit Donny Galt the minute. Something simple like that there, by just playing plus one at the back, maybe at times you know, get more men back because last weekend you could see we went fifteen behind the ball when we lost the ball, and 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 that there's no problem. You ha- you have to do that. I mean, you look at any other sport. You look at soccer, the Premiership. They play eleven behind the ball when they lose the ball, time on time. I mean, we 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 have to just move the game and maybe and and move because players are fit enough now. You know, players can run between ten to twelve kilometers a game, so it's 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 not a problem for them to get. Everyone back and every every everyone up again. Um, you know, I, I, I Paddy Carr. You know, was probably two games that he's looked at a lot this week. You're asking about setting up. He'll look. He'll look at um, the game in Balfey and, and he'll look at the game in Clonus. You know, I think we caused uh, Armagh a lot of baller. Uh, Paddy McGill will love this now. Kickouts. He loves listening to, about the kickouts. So he does. Um, I think we caused them a lot of baller. Last year, with our press on Ethan Rafty's kickout, and they struggled to get up on us. So, so they did. They struggled to get primary possession, and I think that's something we can go after on Saturday night. We can go after our mass kickout again, so we can flip it around to the other side. Our caused us ball in the second half in Clonas last year. They pressed us in on on the kickout, and we struggled. We struggled big time. Because then if we did get the ball away, their physicality, it was so hard for us to get out. I mean, we played fantastic football that first half last year in Clonus. Maybe up there was good as what we played, you know, dur- during the season. And it just fell apart for us. And that was one of the reasons it fell apart in the second half. Because we could not, if we did get primary possession, we couldn't get out on it. You know, uh, they were very physical. And, you know, our man came to Balbuffet last year in the championship and did not lay a glove on us. Didn't lay a glove on us. Everyone was expecting the whole thing to kick off. You know, I remember watching the parade. I was expecting the old badness in Armagh that was yeah. there and Kieran McGinney. I was expecting something to kick off before even the parade, you know. And the players, there was opportunities and they didn't take it. They didn't take it. You know, I'm wondering now on Saturday night, Armagh probably, you know, kind of looking from the outside in, they're in three points. They don't. They haven't played like a team who's on three points. They're playing super football. They're playing with the confidence. Um, they were you know, saying it was very lacklustered down in Kerry the last day. They said the match was almost like backs the forwards for, for a long <laughs> period of it. That's what they were saying on the various podcasts I was listening to nationally. So like it, it does seem like Armagh are part of that pack. 
But then if you switch it around, people are saying maybe they're just punching above their weight a little bit and maybe the Karen McGinney side gives them a little bit more respect than they should have and they are a very beatable team. But from what I saw, I would I would agree with the guy. Like they're they're playing very good football in my view. Yeah, and like for most outsiders looking in, I think, you know, Armand and Derry, a lot of people would expect to be the two leading contenders for an Ulster Championship this year, that they would say they're, they're the two best teams there. I, you know, I nearly expected to start this week. Donegal nearly need, need to leave down an impression before the ball's thrown in. They need to leave down a marker because I'm afraid Armagh could leave down that marker. And you don't want that Armagh crowd. It's so atmospheric, the athletic grounds. Brings up super atmosphere to the game. It's tight. The crowd are on top of the pitch, so they are, and that's why in four and a half thousand Larry Kenny last week, Connor. There's no other sport in Donegal can compete to bring those crowds out. So that's why Donegal GA need the Donegal people and Armagh to create a decent atmosphere. So when we get score and we get on top, that we're there behind the team. Peter talked about Barry McCambridge. You know, good player, came off the bench a couple of times last year for them. I actually came across him in Boston and he's playing for Connemara Gales. Re- really good good fella. And he's nailing the spot starting position in the Armagh team this year. Another fella came across last year, Connor Turbot, who's really leading the fight on the scoring charts up front, a big tall red-haired fella for them. You know, super player. We're going to have to keep an eye, eye on him. There's Norway lad, Connor Justin Kiernan. You know, didn't, hasn't seen much game time this year. Came off the bench last year for them as well. Really, really good player. So he is, you know, around the they're they're missing Rory Grogan. Got the serious baller last year. He didn't play last weekend. It, you know, that's a blessing for us. Rain O'Neill, we're going to need, need to keep an eye on. Supi Campbell. I mean, he just he's like a fine wine. He gets better the older he gets. He hasn't he hasn't lost any any of his pace either. So he has. You know, I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday, Connor. I think we can get something out of it. I'm not so sure can we win it, but I think we can make a point. And as I said to you, there's only been two teams of one on the road out of the 16 games played in Division 1 this year. So there is something there for us, you know, and both a play to the Donegal crowd to get out and get on the road. You know, it probably suits a lot of Donegal people. The game's not till seven, or half seven Saturday evening. It was worse, it was five o'clock, maybe it's under their Saturday afternoon more. But you know, you're time enough to get on the road to Saturday and get up the road and, and, and get behind the boys. Absolutely. And Peter, would you go along with that? Donegal win or Armagh win? Final point? Yeah, I, I would, I'd agree uh, with Gary and the fact that I'd, I'd be very, very happy to come back down the road with, with one point. I think that would be a huge, uh, a huge return for Donegal, given, you know, the turnover of players that they have, uh, the short time probably that the management had to maybe get their input. It, it, took, it took a while because they were a bit late starting. They were behind other teams. And um, you can see like the like of the Mayos and that that started off that they're, they're flying at the moment. But, you know, the, the three Donegal players that came back um, in the last, last couple of games, like they'll be a, a lot better for those uh, for those couple of games. They're going to be a much sharper. Um, Owen Bond, um, good few runs last week, but you know there's probably one or two more in them, and probably maybe a half a yard faster even. Um, and you know you need that if you're going to create scores. You you'll need um, uh, Kaelin McGonagall. I thought was quite good last week at breaking breaking the line. Um, you need 
those players um, and and then Caelan McCorgan, I, I really love him playing. Um, and he hadn't probably not everything went his way against Monaghan, but he, there was a scrap in the middle of the field on in front of the stand in um, O'Donnell Park on Sunday, and there was about five or six players, and the referee let them at it, and he came out with the ball, and you know. That's the start of stuff that rises a crowd uh, and, you know, you'll get to cheer. I know the, the unfortunate thing is when he, he burst out, he was about 10 yards ahead of everyone, but we didn't have support for him. But if you have that sort of uh, mentality that you're going to win the 50-50 or the, or the 60-40 ball, um, and and as, as Gary says, if you have the crowd there, that'll rise them. Um, and if you if we could come out of Armagh with a point, you'll have the same effect as as, as those young fellas from Glenswilly who were leaving O'Donnell Park last week. It, it seemed like you, you won because you, you get something. If you get defeat, you know it's, it has a different effect ultra altogether on the on the team on the supporters. But you know you you get even a, a narrow a draw and that that last free tailing off. And much it does for for Donegal, how much it does for those young players, the confidence in them going forward, and they're going to have to scrap for everything on Saturday night if they're going to get that one point. But if we can come out with a point, if we come out with two, like you would be smiling from year to year. But if you can come down the road with one, uh, you put yourself back in the frame, still in your own hands to stay in Division One, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. And of course, all this as we enter the month of March with one eye nearly firmly looking towards the championship. Look, Guy McDade, Peter Campbell. That's actually interesting in the championship. I was actually looking at the calendar dates. There's a possibility that both Donegal and Armagh, they won their quarterfinals. They could meet in the semi-final. I was counting. Now, I, could be, I could be wrong. I think possibly eight weeks out. Right. Meeting in yes. an Ulster semi-final now. Obviously, uh, what do you got? Armagh actually have to get over Cavan and Antrim, so they have to, and we have to get, we have to get over down. You know, so, so at, at, I don't think either team will be even looking anywhere near a possibility of meeting a semi-final because right here, right now, is, is what counts and Division One survivability is, is right up there. I mean, if you think back, Armagh ended two of our previous Donegal managerial. Uh, Reigns, Declan Boner's last game was against Armagh. John Cho Doherty's. Like we're not anywhere like we're not in that position now. But they've they've had their hoodoo over us, and you know, and you, you their, their tails are up right now after probably beating us in Clonas last year. You know, and you have to admire the board as well. Kieran McGinney has come under pressure under a lot of a lot of years, and they stuck with him. They stuck with him because you know they knew he was doing good things. You know, and you know they stuck with him, and maybe Connor. Anything that was going wrong, our conversation here at the start about the academy. I'm just thinking of that there now about how the way you know they solved any any issues they had. They probably had talks behind the scenes, and they're getting the rewards now. Like that Armagh team got beat by Galway, the team that went to Ireland final last year on penalties. As Peter said earlier, you know penalties. That's a kick of the ball. There's there's nothing else but uh, else please. And the last point, Connor, I think our half forward line. This year for Donegal has been fantastic. I, I, I doubt there's many more half-forward lines scoring, contributing to the scoreboard, what works scoring. You know, Michael Langan, Darrell Boyle, Connor Donald. It's mainly been since Langan's came back now. I, I mean, that's a good half-forward line, and they're contributing on the scoreboard two, three, four points every week. I mean, each of them. And as far as getting a few inside then as well, Jamie's getting one or two. 
I mean, we're hitting that 15 points. Kill McGonagall, Jason McGee can, can get a big Hugh. I mean, big Hugh, I would love to see us just launch a ball, first ball, let Hugh go to, go to the edge of the square on Saturday night and just won the throw and just launch it in and just see what happens. You know, he's a handful and he's, he's as strong as a ball. So he has, you know, Gary McDaid on his thoughts on deploying Hugh McFadden on the edge of the square for Donegal this weekend. We'll have Donegal against Armagh live this Saturday evening from half past seven. That's the Donegal GA podcast, which you'll find online later tonight. A reminder, this programme is also available as a pod. Search for Ocean FM Ireland to find it wherever you get your podcasts. We're back next week. Same time, same place.